When you have an open position, you'll want to accurately identify the qualifications needed for the role. Sometimes employers inflate those qualifications in the hopes of finding top talent, a practice often referred to as credential inflation. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. This is Jim Duffy. Today we'll talk about some of the pitfalls of this approach and some guidelines for avoiding credential inflation with Merrill Gutterman. Merrill works as counsel here at ADP. Merrill, as always, thanks for joining me. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me today. Merrill, according to recent ADP national employment reports, the economy is recovering at a steady pace, yet employers are experiencing challenges when it comes to filling those positions. So the topic of credential inflation is certainly timely. Let's talk about why it's a problem. What can go wrong? Well, I think one of the things that can go wrong is when you're talking about credentials, if the educational requirements that you have for the position exceed what you really need, it may be difficult to fill the role and you may be overlooking otherwise qualified candidates. For example, not every job requires a bachelor's degree, but many employers include it as a qualification regardless of the position. And inflating educational requirements may also undermine the value of on-the-job experience and skills that can only be developed outside of a classroom. And this may be especially true for today's labor market. Employers struggling to find talent should consider adopting a skills or a competency-based hiring approach. And another problem with credential inflation is that it could potentially lead to discrimination claims if it were to exclude certain protected groups who tend to graduate college at a lower rate. So how can employers avoid credential inflation? Well, I would recommend that employers look carefully at each position and identify the job-related skills that are needed to be successful. Also, employers can solicit input from people currently in the role and also talk to supervisors to make sure that you have an accurate list of the hard skills such as programming and also soft skills such as empathy, for example, that are needed for the position. Great. So what should employers consider when deciding whether to require a degree or other credentials? I think an important thing to first consider is whether there's a law or regulation that would require a certain level of education or a certain certification or licensing for the position. Uh, Certain jobs in healthcare, social services, or professional services may require an advanced degree or a license or certification. And then after that, consider whether an applicant could obtain the necessary skills without a college degree. And look at the job itself. Are there real differences in the jobs that you require a college degree for as compared to those where you don't? Look at what percentage of existing employees in the same role have a college degree. And also look at performance and see how it compares among employees with and without a degree. These types of questions employers can ask themselves and assess the job to make sure that you're asking for the appropriate credential. So can relevant work experience and, say, non-traditional paths like uh, community-based training, can that be a substitute for formal education? I think for certain positions, absolutely. Um, I would add that on-the-job training and other training could also be viable alternatives to certain education requirements. So employers should consider whether they would be using education as a proxy for other skills um, if they're looking, for example, for a certain type of writing skill. And if so, determine whether there's a better way to assess those skills without requiring a specific degree. And then also consider whether the skills and the knowledge obtained through a college degree are going to actually be transferable to that particular job. All right. So how can an employer assess an applicant's skills? 
Well, I think the job interview, and particularly if you're doing a behavioral-based interview, can help assess skills. Um, these types of interviews ask about a candidate's experience handling specific work challenges, and they could also ask about how a candidate would handle a specific situation they would likely face in a new job, and that can be an excellent predictor of performance. And beyond interviews, some employers use pre-employment tests to assess candidates, such as a cognitive test and job knowledge test. So, for example, if you're looking to hire an accountant, you may test that accountant on your internal accounting processes. So, Meryl, if I may ask a follow-up to that, if an employer tends to use pre-employment testing, what should they keep in mind? Uh, well, I think first and foremost, they need to keep in mind um, their compliance obligations with all federal, state, and local non-discrimination laws. Um, for example, you can't design or use a pre-employment test to discriminate against applicants based on a protected characteristic such as a disability, race, religion, or sex. If your selection process were to screen out a protected group, then you should look at whether there's another test available that would be equally as effective in predicting job performance. And also, if there's more than one way to accomplish a task, then consider alternatives to demonstrate competency um, to ensure that the opportunity is open to a wide and inclusive base of all applicants. And then also be consistent. All similarly situated applicants should be subject to the same tests, understanding that there may be more than one way to complete a task. Excellent. Thank you, Meryl. Thanks for helping us better understand the importance of making sure the required job qualifications match the skills needed on the job. And also, thanks for sharing that it's an important reminder that all screening and selection practices comply with federal, state, and local non-discrimination laws. And I want to thank you all for joining us and listening to HRpreneur. Thanks again. Be well.